Hello, listeners. It is 49ers fangirl Tracy here with SoCali Steph, as always. And we have a very special guest today, Ray Ratto from CSN Bay Area. Hi, Ray. You have an odd definition of special. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like to make our guests feel good right off the bat. Uh, delusion. Good idea. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today. And hello, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm excited to be here today and talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. It didn't go at all what I had anticipated, so it was kind of a funny... Yesterday was funny. Six hours. It was. It was It was a lot of, a lot of football, um, and it was six hours. I had picked... New England and Carolina, and I mean, I don't know about you, Ray, I was so wrong on the New England game. Well, I think a lot of people were, though. Um, I mean, New England comes in with the healthy quarterback and, and just a lot of, you know, other things that make you go, hey, you know, how, how does Denver win? And it turns out that Denver's defense is so good and so hard to deal with that they could take away anything that anybody wants to do, which is why the Super Bowl, as much as you would think that Carolina ought to have a huge advantage, not necessarily. I mean, just I don't know that either team's going to score a ton of points. So I, I think it. Uh, I think it was an eye opener for a lot of people that you know Denver. Denver's a live under is a very live underdog, and they don't need Peyton Manning to cheat time to do it. No, right. they don't. I thought he was going to be a lot more rickety. Then he showed up. He had like he he just showed up, and he even though he wasn't like the best, um, he didn't have the best throws. He didn't have a lot on him. He made plays, and I thought he managed the game really well. And I think it's I think they definitely have a shot. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't think of Peyton Manning as as a game manager. You think of him as sort of a coach on the field with a big arm and all these other magnificent physical attributes that. Frankly, I think everybody can agree are in massive decline, mm-hmm. but he's still winning with guile and brains and a running game and the knowledge that he doesn't have to put up a ton of points to beat good teams anymore. Uh, unlike uh, his years in Indianapolis where he was going to have to beat teams almost single-handedly, he is finally on a team with a very good running game and a superb defense. And he's adjusted to his diminished state by becoming just sort of a a safety first guy who lets the defense win the games for him. And that's the sign of a smart guy. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm happy for him. I'm happy. I'm happy for him too, um, for him to get another chance. And that defense is pretty spectacular, I have to say. And, And obviously we all knew they were the league's top defense going into the game, but watching them play yesterday and just watching them essentially manhandle Tom Brady that is a good good defense and if I were Carolina I'd be a little bit nervous well I I think they've uh, I think they've, they had a pretty good idea how good Denver was before but when you see it against a team like New England mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden you start looking at your own assets differently not so much as we can handle that but how can we handle that so I think that's the that's the new paradigm for the Panthers, which is this isn't going to be as easy as everybody says it is, and we're going to have to get more than what we what we had had to show against Arizona to win that game. So I mean, 
it, it becomes a more interesting game because Denver's defense can tilt the field so much. I saw somebody said, oh, I'm afraid this Super Bowl is going to re- be a repeat of Denver-Seattle. I don't think that at all. I think this is going to be a very, very different game. Well, I mean, it might be. It might also stink to high heaven. I mean, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it is the Super Bowl. It has a reputation to uphold. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, you know what, what if it's pouring down rain? You know, what mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, what if Newton starts throwing interceptions around? I mean, what, I mean, it could, you know, this is a game where if you have a real strong opinion above and beyond being a fan, you're probably better off waiting till right just close to game time to make your bet, see where the line is. Because I think people who are going to bet this game are going to have to shop for value because I think it's going to be a pretty deceptive uh, game to figure out. Um, you know, I don't think the line's going to move much between now and, say, next Friday or Saturday. But beyond that, I just think you there are no assumptions to be made that are very safe ones. So you're better off just waiting to see how the tide rolls. That's true. Well, and speaking of rain um, and where the Super Bowl is being held, how do you think Levi Stadium is going to be as a host for Super Bowl 50? Um, well, if it does rain, it'll stink. Because <laughs> um, there, there really, I mean, there's nothing that would more mortify um, the high rollers and the networks and the NFL than the see what you know people have seen at a lot of 49er games in the last year and a half which is the entire east side of the stadium empty at halftime um in, in terms of everything else uh it's it's a difficult it's a difficult place to do this because the stadium is so far from the from the activity hub mm-hmm. I mean, the teams are down in santa clara so they won't have a problem getting to the game but everything else, I suspect, will be a nightmare of, of traffic and, and delays, uh, even more so than the usual games. And beyond that, um, it, it's one of those where everything is going to have to really go right for Santa Clara to get another game in the near future now that L.A. is going to build its own stadium because I, I, just, I get the sense that L.A. is going to take all the, you know, anything that the West Coast has to offer except for the odd game in, in, in Glendale. And there's no other real room for for Santa Clara to fit in because there are four or five other places that are just better suited to this. So I think if, if this is going to come off, it's got to come off without a, without a single hitch. And there are so many moving parts to make this work, I don't know how they do it. Steph, do you have any thoughts on this? I don't, I don't like the stadium. I mean, I, I mean, I like the stadium in a sense that, you know, if it's a nice day out and you're having, you're, you're sitting in the right area, it's, you know, it's fun. But even the day that I went up, we went up for the, uh, for the Bengals game, mm-hmm. and it was, I think, fifty degrees, and I was freezing because there's nothing that really protects you from the elements out there. Like I wanted to go inside, and I felt like. You know, everyone says, oh, well, there were my empty seats, you know, because it was freezing. And I think, well, I don't, and I know I'm definitely, I'm not a, like a hardcore Green Bay type fan. I mean, I'm from California. I'm a fair weather type. (laughs) So I think that that's a lot of us Californians. If it's not really comfortable, I think it's not going to be fun. But 
who knows, Denver might be able to sit out there even though in the rain. Awful. Well, something. Well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's the problem with it. It, it, it. You know, it was sort of built in a hurry, and mm-hmm. it wasn't going to have all these spectacular creature comforts um, that, that that other places have. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of places uh, in uh, you know on the Super Bowl rotation, you know, their domes or have the capability to be domes, mm-hmm. right? And this one doesn't. Um, also, there's a, a significant gap between what the high rollers experience and what the regular folks experience. And I think that's, that's been kind of a turnoff for a lot of fans. And the other thing is, it's just had a bad vibe since the start. They haven't gotten the grass right. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I suspect with the Super Bowl agronomy department coming in, and it won't be, won't be terrible, you know, again, unless it rains. But for the most part, it's just been dogged by bad traffic, bad grounds, sort of, you know, just a, just a bad ambiance. I mean, Candlestick, for all its millions of faults, was a place where you knew that football was being played. This was a football stadium, mm-hmm. and it had that vibe. This doesn't have that yet. I mean, granted, there have not been very many, you know, moments to cherish there yet, but it's just... It's just dominated by this basic sterility that, that you feel even before you get there. The, the approaches to the stadium are sterile. You get into the stadium, it's sterile. It just, it hasn't, maybe it hasn't had time to do this, but so far it just doesn't have any character to it. It's just bland. It's not, it's not too opulent. It's not gritty. It's not idiosyncratic in any way. It's, it's just a place. And it just doesn't leave you with any sort of feeling like, hey, I just went to some place that I'm never going to get to again. Because there are a bunch of stadiums that are just like this, and you find them on college campuses when budgets are a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you make a good point. It may not have had time. And I think the other problem is that the team that plays there has had so much drama the entire time it's been there, and it's not been a successful team. But you know what? There are other teams that aren't successful whose fans love their stadium and whose stadium have character, but I think there's been a lot of drama surrounding it. Um, and in time, hopefully, that will pass, but I do think that affects the stadium as well. And as a season ticket holder, something that I've noticed, which I, I'm, I'm not convinced will be fixed by this Super Bowl, is no one in the stadium seems to be on the same page. If you go to one gate, they tell you one thing. If they go to another gate, they tell you another thing. And it causes line delays and it causes problems. And one gate opens at one time. And then one gate is for sure it opens 20 minutes later. And there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of glitches in the stadium, considering they have had two full seasons there. Uh, And I don't know that that gets fixed in 13 days, but I guess... We'll find out. Well, the, the one thing is that the, the NFL takes takes over everything. Right, so that will help. And, and, and you know, the 49ers basically have almost no input as to how the, the stadium is, is operated at this point. So all those things could get fixed, but they'll get fixed in the classic NFL hurry up and wait, you know, ultra-militaristic, <laughs> you know, form a queue three miles, you know, back up the road, you know, just sort of oppressive kind of state that they do. I 
mean, just I, I, I remember the last time the, the Super Bowl was in, in Houston, and there were massive lines outside outside the stadium because they thought it would be a great idea to funnel everybody into one entrance. And if they do that again, this will be an unmitigated nightmare. Um, maybe they've learned from that, but we've seen the 49ers haven't learned from that because they changed their system week to week. So I'm willing to go in with an open mind, but I am not optimistic. If they are funneling everyone in through one entrance, those seats will be empty, rain or shine, because no one will be able to get in the stadium. That would be a complete... <laughs> yeah disaster. That'll be a good view. I think everybody will enjoy that. <laughs> and we can have our, you know what? We're so used to our pregame shots of all the seats being empty. <laughs> Why ruin a good yeah. thing? Um, Absolutely. It, 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 it's a magical place. <laughs> it looks like an Ikea on a Thursday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure that um, Levi's would be so thrilled to hear that. Compare yeah, the hell with them. I, they don't pay my salary. No, they don't. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, what about the city? I, I think the city will be a great place for all the activities. Even though I, I'm sure there will be a million people who say, "Wait, so the stadium's not in here? Where is it? Where am I going?" But I think the city well, itself will be great. Look, I, I, there's not a lot you can do about how they've done this. Um, and anybody who's flying out here and who doesn't at least do a minimum amount of recon deserves all the crap and inconvenience. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to spend that kind of money to fly out, get a hotel room and buy a ticket, and you're too <laughs> stupid to spend two minutes to see what the logistics are, you deserve you deserve to lose everything. You know, your wallet, your car, you know, the deed to your home. You, you just shouldn't be allowed to, to walk around among adults. So... In that way, I have no sympathy. I mean, just it's just, you know, look at a map, you know, <laughs> ask somebody. It's there for you. Um, but, I mean, beyond that, you know, it, the city um, does tourism really well, but this is tourism as defined by the NFL, which has blocked off a bunch of very busy streets and will make ingress and egress particularly difficult. Um, and above and beyond that, it's a gigantic trade show anyway. So it's going to have that soulless NFL feel. And you won't get any sort of sense that this Super Bowl is not being played in Indianapolis or Jacksonville or, you know, Chicago. It's just they homogenize everything. And if you're looking for the unique feel of the Bay Area, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. The further away you get from, like, the NFL experience or Super Bowl City or any of the other crap hole that they're going to have in downtown, <laughs> the better off you'll be. I mean, there's some people who are going to stay up in Napa, you know, do wine tours and do all that goofy nonsense, which is fine if you're looking for an experience outside the NFL cocoon. And that's how you'll find out what the Bay Area can do with the Super Bowl, because the parts of the city that have been annexed by the NFL, they're going to get the NFL. And the NFL basically, like I said, it's a trade show. And if that's not your idea of a thigh-slapping, commode-hugging good time, then you need to wander off campus a bit. And again, that's up to you. You're in charge of making your own fun. That's fair. Well, 
So everybody, come on down to San Francisco. <laughs> I love the Bay Area, and it's probably because I just grew up there, and I love the city, you know, just the way I, I am. And I think that, oh, it's such a, a neat presentation for us to show our city, but we can't because it's in Santa Clara. And I know that there's going to be those, they're going to pan into the Golden Gate Bridge and, you know, show, like, Alcatraz and, you know, those things. But it's so far. Like, when I first went to Santa Clara, I just was like, just taken aback about how far it is. And um, to me, it's not even close to the, like, anything fun to do. So I, I mean, I don't even, I just think that you would just go to the game and then you would have to go elsewhere. I just don't see how anyone would, like, want to hang out in Santa Clara. Yeah, no, the, the Santa Clara is your classic bedroom community that suddenly discovered the mall. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just what its function is. There's not. Yeah, there, there's there's basically nothing to it. It has a it has a university there, but it's not a university town. Um, it's just the place where the 49ers had land and could get more land cheap. Uh, if they could have built in San Francisco, they would have. But uh, Jed's uncle Eddie did what, by NFL standards, was a stupid deal a long time ago by agreeing to cap the city's responsibility for building a new stadium to $100 million. And they could never get that law changed. And they tried a few times, but it was just, you know, no, we're not giving you any more money. You're you're on your own. You know, stop. You're a billionaire. And as a result, uh, when Jed uh, was was given the team by his parents, uh, the first thing he decided was, well, I'm not going to bother with San Francisco, you know. I'm going to go build somewhere where they, you know, where we can get our own thing done with a minimum of red tape. And Santa Clara was eager to have them. So, you know, the, the Jed chose the path of least resistance. And so now he's got a stadium that it's not out in the middle of nowhere, but it's a long way from the hub of activity for a Super Bowl, which is one of the reasons why I think this this is going to be a one and done for the city. I think there's, you know, there's just too many things working against it. And, you know, I, I think even if the weather is fine, even if the, the game is good, the thing that's going to make or break this is the realization by a lot of people that Santa Clara is a long way away. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's 40 minutes if there's not another car on the road. And if you're in a bus, in traffic, or if you're trying to do this by train, you're investing an hour and a half to two hours, and most of the people who go to Super Bowls don't like that. Don't like that kind of wait. <laughs> it's just it's it's a real test of the endurance of billionaires. As we know, billionaires <laughs> don't have much. That should be the NFL's tagline for the Super Bowl. That should be what they always use. It would be spectacular. That's it. that's their mark. You can't get to twenty five billion in revenue every year by soaking poor folks. You got to head where the wallets are thickest. That's true, and I think we saw. Um, what did we see today? That tickets right now the cheapest is like thirty one hundred dollars. Oh, something? I think it's more than that now. Is it more? I thought that the. Okay, I thought I saw numbers that there well, was. The, I, I think it's averaged out to around six thousand. Okay, well that's. Yeah, but I think you know if. You know, we'll see what the demand for tickets is because I don't know that that either Carolina or Arizona will travel or, uh, or uh, Denver will travel nearly as well as New England.
England would have. So right. I suspect mm-hmm. that you know you could get something for as cheap as thirty one hundred, but don't forget the hotels are going to be exorbitant, and you know the the. The, the airlines magically make fares, you know, inflate themselves in a heartbeat. So um, the, the price of the ticket is probably less than half of what you're going to spend if you want to spend the whole week here. Because, you know, if you want to stay in San Francisco, if you have a room, you're paying seven dollars $800 a night, which is absurd. But that's what you're doing. And... If you're trying to get one through a broker, you'll pay through the nose too. It just this is this is not a cheap Super Bowl. This is not going to be, you know, a, a bargain hunter's dream. So no, um, and, you're... and 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 the fact that New England is not here when I think most people expected them to be. Maybe some rooms come open, but they'll be swallowed up quickly. Uh, and Airbnb is a possibility, but those are getting pretty expensive as well. Though they're better. Oh well, yeah, look, I mean, definitely better. Airbnbs, you know, they're. You know, if you want to run one, you have to have your finger on the pulse of what people will pay. And I think a lot of people who run those, um, you know, be, you know, are paying very close attention to what hotel rates are. So, yeah, again, you know, however you do this, there will be a hook in your nostril, and you'll just have to live with the pain. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Um, let's let's change gears a little bit. Um, well, I guess kind of a lot because let's talk little 49ers. They are not going to be in the Super Bowl potentially anytime soon. Um, but they did hire a new coach, as you're aware, and they are hiring assistants. Um, and I'd love to get your thoughts, Ray, on Chip and um, and how the interviewing of assistants is going so far and your thoughts on the new offensive coordinator and all of that fun stuff. Well, I mean, look, um, this is all the, the, the clever eye candy that's on the – that's all on the back burner because you can you can have one of the great coaching staffs of all time, but the 49ers' first problem is they're low on talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think between the retirements, uh, the guys who sort of played their way out of the building by not being able to figure out what law means, <laughs> um, you know, and, and age, you know, and just, you know, and the fact that they haven't drafted well in the last couple of years, uh, those things have all conspired against them. And the the other thing that the 49ers did in the last year and a half, to their great shame, is they went from this being a destination place for good free agents to a place where you go if you don't have anything better. And they did that in record time. Um, part of it, is Jim Harbaugh's fault because Jim Harbaugh is certifiably crazy. (laughs) But the bigger problem is that the 49ers went from a Super Bowl contender to an average team to Drek in, like, record time. Um, The the decision to hire Jim Tomsula is one that probably set the franchise back five years because what it told agents and other players is that these guys do things for their own comfort. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, football is not the first thing that they are, that they want to do here. I mean, when when the, when the 49ers played a candlestick, especially in the Walsh years, they had two things going for them. Candlestick may be a dump, but it had a great ambiance. But the other thing was Eddie DeBartolo spent like a drunken sailor. And so guys wanted to come there. You know, they knew they had a chance to win a Super Bowl. 
They knew they, they, you know, they'd only be at, at Candlestick, you know, 10 times a year. So, you know, that wasn't a big thing that, that chased them away. And they knew that they would be lavishly compensated. Well, when Eddie played his way out of the, out of the ownership, all of a sudden, this started to become more of a business. And they started watching their money a lot more. And they hired bad people. And all of a sudden, you know, you find out pretty quickly how, how, how agents and players feel about teams because they can figure when something's about to go south. And the Raiders went through it for a long time, and they're just now pulling out of it after more than a decade. And right now, the 49ers' biggest selling point, I mean, they have all this money under the cap that they brag about, but there is no compelling reason why a competent free agent would come here. Uh, it just, oh, well, wait a minute, they were 5-11, and 11, their team was awful, they had no players, the atmosphere stinks, their planes flying overhead demanding that the owner give away the team. You know, what's the fun in that? You know, I mean, we're, already, you know, we're already running into other large men a hundred times a game, and we got to put up with that too? I mean, God, you know, point, point me to Jacksonville. You know, get me anywhere but here. And it's going to take a long time to repair that. So this is why the Chip Kelly hire is important. But who they have as assistance matters a whole lot less than what they can do to replenish what used to be a pretty well-stocked larder of players and is now pretty threadbare. That's where that's where Trent Baalke better work some miracles because the next guy who's going to get shown the door is not Kelly. It's going to be it's going to be Baalke. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Do you think that there is any selling point that they would have for a competent free agent who well, has options? Even everybody else—that's their selling point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chip Kelly does not leave Philadelphia. You know, under under glowing circumstances. You know, even even though uh, you know, even uh, Lashawn McCoy said, "Look, I don't think Chip Kelly's racist." There's still sort of that lingering bad taste of the way he cleaned out the roster in Philadelphia. If you're a defensive player, you're going, wait a minute, I'm going to be on the field 40 minutes a game because this guy wants to run his offense in, in fast motion? Um, I think it's going to take at least a year, if not two, to get them on players' radars. You know, Unless he could figure out a way to coax 11 wins out of this team and fast. It's just going to take a long time because the, the swiftness which, with which the organization undid all of the things that it used to do well was breathtaking. And it's much easier to undo a good situation than it is to take a bad situation and make it good. Oh, so depressing. That is depressing. <laughs> Well, you know, it is almost 11 o'clock. You guys should be drunk by now. You shouldn't be as sad as it is. <laughs> that's a, you know what? That is a good point. <laughs> that is nobody's fault but our own. That's very, that's true. Do you have a, and I don't, I don't know that you do, but I'm going to ask anyway, do you have a um, dream draft pick at seven? No, um, because, I mean, you know, what do they need more than anything else? You know, a lot of people say quarterback, but they have they have tons of needs. They, they need they need an offensive lineman. They need a they need a, a drop dead great receiver. They need a tight end. They need you know they need a defensive lineman. They need somebody in the secondary. They 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 have a lot of needs. So I think you know they, I don't think that they have one guy sort of single out as this is the guy we got to get. 
you know, and, and, and as fashionable as it is in this area to talk glowingly about, about Jared Goff, I think that the shopping list is a lot, is a lot longer and, you know, and I think they're going to end up ultimately just going, who's the best guy available? Which means I don't think they're going to trade up to get a specific guy just because, you know, they have needs everywhere. I mean, that, that's the amazing thing about this is two years ago, they were loaded in most places. Mm-hmm. Now, they're almost threadbare in most places. So, you know, even if you, if you don't get the quarterback right away, you'd better be able to get, you know, somebody good because, you know, you have to build up the team from basically sort of Raider standards. I mean, that's the thing. You have to look back at what the Raiders were three years ago before they started drafting good guys. And they had needs all over the place. So they didn't, they didn't like, fixate on one position. They just tried to draft in bulk, and they got lucky on the quarterback. I think Derek Carr has a chance to be a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they went out, they got linebackers. They, you know, they, they, did, they, got, they got offensive linemen that matter. They, they went out and they said, give me the best player on the board. And I think that's what the 49ers are planning to do here because they have so many holes. Yeah, I would agree. And I also really agree that I think quarterback is farther down the list than a lot of people do just because there's so much that they need. Um, I mean, not that they don't need a quarterback, but there's just so much. And I would, I agree that they should just go with who's ever best. And I don't know that they should trade up. <clears throat> and I agree. I don't think they will. Steph, do you have a dream player? No. I, I, I hope they go off that the line, I guess. Um, but I don't have the player yet. But we'll see once we get closer to the draft and I start looking at that. But I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Cal fan, obviously, and I, I don't think that that's a good fit with Jared Goff. And I know I take a lot of heat having that opinion, but I just don't think that what he does, well, we don't do anything well in offense. So <laughs> <laughs> what he does isn't necessarily what the 49ers have ever identified themselves as. You know, it's like we just didn't, 49ers just don't do that well. So I would be kind of shocked if uh, they went that route. Um, but, you know, hey, they've shocked me before. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting too much. I think it's it's an interesting hire with Chip Kelly. I think that we needed something to like draw players again, and I think Chip is an excellent coach, and I think he might be able to, you know, swing some of those players. Maybe those, you know, the the kids, you know, that that, that we have, the young players that do have some talent. Maybe he can do more with that. I'm not really sure how it's going to go, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a colossal fall from where our standards were at one point to where we are now. So to recap, the Super Bowl is probably going <laughs> to suck. The 49ers are probably going to suck. Levi Stadium sucks. Well, I, you know what? You're right, Ray. We should be drunk. <laughs> you got you got. 13 hours to finish off the day. So, yes, I would get cracking on that. <laughs> I should get on that <laughs> as soon as possible. Okay, well, let's let's make Super Bowl predictions just for the fun of it because why not? I am going to pick the Panthers. There we go. Ray? I hate doing these. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'll do it because you're good sports, but... Um, <laughs> 
for because I, I don't have a compelling reason not to lean this way. I, I'll take Carolina. Um, I think at some point, uh, you, the Broncos may be forced to show them Brock Osweiler, and at that point, you know, all the wheels are off. Uh, I just think Carolina does more things well, and I'm not even sure that the that the Broncos, um, as good as their defense is. I'm not sure they can even cover the, the, the plus four. Steph? Yeah, I'll probably go with Carolina on this, even though I wouldn't be surprised at this point. If, you know, I, the one thing I did see at Peyton was getting better and better. Like, I did not expect – I just thought he was going to be so rickety and weird out there. And he was running and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I think every day or whatever he's taking <laughs> – you know, allegedly, um, has helped him. So I think he can get through the game. And, you know, he's somebody that can put up the necessary points. And if that defense can hold it, you know, it's, it could go either way. It really can. But I think Carolina probably has the – but that's it. You know, if you say it, it's probably going to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they play the game on any given yeah. Sunday. All right. Well, thank you both for – being on Steph as always it was wonderful to have you and Ray thank you for coming on I'm you know what I'm still very excited you're on and I still consider you a special guest <laughs> very special when you hear this again <laughs> I guarantee you you will rethink that proposition <laughs> <laughs> well have a good day everybody go Niners <laughs> bye, bye. bye.